everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast. I am Sal. I'm here with my family. Axel, how you doing? Do you love bread? Uh, I like it fine. But it's do you love good. it? I wouldn't say I love it. Bread's good bread. Bread's I bread. enjoy its bread. company. Okay, just making sure. Okay. Uh, and Lizzie? Hi. I'm Hi. Do you love bread? I like bread. I forgot to get bread while I was out. Do you have a favorite kind of bread? Whole wheat. But I don't like it when it has the grains and stuff on top of it. Does the, the Ronto wrapper good. count as bread? Or tortillas? Because those are my favorite. It's puff. a starchy <laughs> My favorite wheat thing. <laughs> creation. <laughs> or something. It's hard I think to think so. Called. What? Um, we eat it. It's the bread that we eat when we have Indian food. Like, non. Non. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like non bread. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's basically what those like Ronto wrappers are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, we're here to talk about Rogue One, and yeah, we're also excited for Andor. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, Rogue One is an awesome Star Wars story that came out. Uh, what two thousand sixteen. It is, I'm just going to say it, for me, I th- I'm pretty sure it's my favorite Star Wars movie um, of all time. It has uh, Ip Man. It does. Donnie Yen is in it. I think it's also my favorite. Because it's a, it's a movie that I would be able to watch, like, over and over. Because, mm-hmm. like, for, like, the uh, sequels or the prequels, like, they're okay. They're really good. They're really good. But I, like, I don't... I can't really sit through it anymore so i can watch all of them over and over but i will always watch this one over and over we know that's true uh let's see what i got here let's see what the note says business check us out the rogue go like our facebook page check us out on instagram and tiktok at the rogue rebels and we are on twitter at rogue rebels fam i i'm pretty sure we're really funny on twitter uh so you guys is it we or is it you I mean, is it we or is it you? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, are I you trying made to let a people? Twitter post. Well, and there you go. You just ruined that for the uh, whole <laughs> listenership. <laughs> Actually, no, I have mm-hmm. about mom's birthday. Well, well, well. <laughs> Look who's posting <laughs> tweets. <laughs> the tweets yes. we are. The tweets. Here are immeasurable. Uh, check out Star Wars Geek Girl, Lizzie's podcast with her Mando Sabine sister. Sis, si, Sabine. Zoe. Sibling. Sibling. Sibling bean. <laughs> Sabine bling. No, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> uh where you guys record sometimes, except you just got back to school, so you guys have been understandably busy. We just podcasted this afternoon. Sweet. So that means that, like, probably around when I release this episode, you guys will have the episode. Because usually you guys yeah. release, like, pretty quick. You guys record and then are like, done! <laughs> episode up! Whereas I am like, wait for we- the moment. <laughs> and you guys are like, are we blind? Deploy the episode! We are all natural. Ah, great. Awesome. Uh, so make sure you're checking out Star Wars. What did you guys talk about? We talked if about this sum- the Lego Summer Special. Awesome. We didn't do an episode on that. Did you like it? I did. I oh, liked those are always it. great. Especially empty. like the Kenobi ones. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. Okay. Because uh, every time they were like, Kenobi told you to relax? No <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like my Kenobi. Uh, we got to go see the Andor special look, although it's on Disney Plus now, but we saw it at the El Capitan. When you were here, Lizzie, you got to visit. We were like, we're going to record 72 podcasts. How many podcasts did we record? How many? Uh. Do you remember? Wait, what? Yeah. How many podcasts did we record while you were here? Settle. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's what it was. It was zero. 
Okay. Well, uh, yeah. but we had a good time, right? Yes. It was good to see the fam. We even like we, went we to got Trejo's to Trejo's Tacos. We went to Trejo's Tacos. We went to Trejo's Donuts. We got to go to the El Cap to uh, watch Rogue One again in the theater. Which was... saw people harass each other with signs. See who had a bigger sign. Okay. I in front of El Cap. I, feel I also like, didn't know that El yeah. Cap was part of Disney, which was cool. Right, right. You learned new fact. Yeah. Interesting. Did you have fun, Axel, going to see Rogue One at the El Cap? Sure. Okay. That doesn't sound... That sounds very non-committal. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but this picture, this is the first, like, image they ever released from Rogue One when they made an announcement and they, like, announced the cast. This was the picture. And, like, we were, like, tearing it apart going, like, oh, look, like, you know, this little dude has, like, an arm piece armor that kind of looks like Ezra. You know, this guy, guy, what is that guy in the back? Is he part of it, too? Like, well, it looks like there's a giant pod racing engine. Maybe they pod race. Like, mm-hmm. this dude, like, seems like he's fiddling with equipment, but he has an Imperial cog. Maybe he's a technician. Like, I don't know. If you, do you guys remember, like, were there things that you wondered about Rogue One that maybe, like, didn't quite pan out? Uh... Do you even remember? I remember the photo, but I, like, didn't remember much except wondering about, like, Cassian and, like, uh, uh, Chirrut. Hmm. Cool. Cool. I like the image. I always thought it was cool. And it was cool to see, like, this was, like, a pretty diverse cast. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, a female-led, and then there's, like couple asian dudes there's like Bodie rook we got like Mexican. diego luna chilaquiles in space so, <laughs> i like, had a whole segment uh on the podcast today about talking about diego luna as the person in book of life and then in maya uh-huh. he's in a couple other things but those were the top two that came to my head oh we finished maya in the three by the way oh nice how did you like it we liked it well i liked it i don't speak for everybody i enjoyed it i think i like book of life way better yeah. Probably because of the music stuff. But yeah. um, it was still really cool. It was really fun. It was really cute. And uh, I said that I talked on the podcast because I was like, I was I didn't know if you guys were going to keep watching it and finish it. So I didn't say any spoilers. And then Zoe was like, I might watch it. So I was like, okay, well, the ending is very relating to Rogue One. <laughs> Mostly because uh, ha, ha. Ho- hopefully Zoe, Zoe skip for like... Uh, yeah, 30 yeah, right. seconds. Uh, cuz they just uh die. And I was like, "Wow. Of course. Why so, not?" Lizzie, do you remember the first time you saw Rogue One? Yes. Do you remember like anything particular about it or like what Crying. you thought? Okay. Yeah, but you cried when you saw like all the movies, pretty much. Oh. Uh, Maybe not Rise of Skywalker. This one was like more intense. Yeah, well, obvious. Yeah, that's true. But, like, I don't remember. Like, I do remember you crying. Actually, you were, like, unfixable at The Force Awakens. That's true. That's because Han died. I don't know why I was so stuck on Han dying. Yeah. I'm like, he barely liked that guy. (laughs) He's all right. (laughs) My brain liked him, but Uh, I didn't think I did. uh, I actually got to go to the premiere for this one. So Mm -hmm. I went, like, a week before you guys. And, uh... Like, I didn't say, like, I did my review and I had all my stuff and I got to go, like, experience it. And it was, like, really, really cool because it was, like, one of those red carpet premieres. But I was by myself. It was the first time that I went by myself because, uh, like, your mom didn't get in. Like, nobody got in. I was the only one who got in. Um, and, like, we could never get you guys in when you were little. But I remember going to see it and I remember, like, really, really liking it and thinking it was so good. And I remember going, like... Uh, like, I remember some of the people being like, oh, man, like, because this is also like the second Disney produced Star Wars or whatever. Like, even though it's Lucasfilm, it's not really produced by Disney. It just happens to be owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. There was like this real, you know, they were like, oh, like Disney Star Wars is going to be like all whack. And I'm like, dude, like they kill everybody. Disney kill everybody in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I remember like some of the people being like, man, like, I can't wait for people like. You know, this will shut up those, like, Disney can't, can't, like, be real. Like, I mean, it's the space movie, so no, they can't be real. But, <laughs> like, these space people died in space. 
Uh, Axel, do you remember the first time you saw Rogue One? Um, yes, I do. Do you remember like what you thought about it? Do you remember if you like really, really liked it or anything like that? Like, I don't remember if I cried, but I probably did. Do you remember like having a favorite part? Or, did, did you see Chopper the first time you saw it? No, uh-huh. but I remember you when we, we, we bought the movie and then you told right. me, hey, here's Yeah, Chopper. we would like pause it and be like, it's Chopper! Uh, let's see. Do you have... Who is... Axel, who's your favorite character in Rogue One? My favorite character... Krennic. Ooh, interesting. Why? I like him. I do like Krennic. Like, Krennic is a good villain, even though he's not really, like, a good villain. Like, he's interesting, and I like how much of... Yeah. And I like how... We were this close. We were this close. Like, I like his his whole, like, attitude and... Like, the idea behind Krennic is that he's, like, an engineer, a working guy who's trying to, like, get these power like the moths. And even though he, like, does this thing and has a Death Star and is smart enough to make these things, like, they still look down on him. Like, Tarkin still treats him like crap. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I like the, I like the idea of him. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't say he's my favorite character. I think Jin is probably my favorite character, but we'll see how this goes with like this Andor show because like he's about to get a lot more story. Like currently, she's the one who has the most story because like there's a Rebel Rising book about her, and if you read Catalyst, like you get to know her family and everything. Um, like all that cool stuff. But I like the I uh, I, I do like her. I like how she goes from this person who is like over everything to like fighting for the cause again and giving her life for it eventually. I like, I think I really like Chirrut. Mm-hmm. Because like he just, one, he's just very, very funny. And he's, yes. that's just, that's just cool in a character. But like also he just, he doesn't give up and like he still has the belief mm-hmm. like he talks like about how yeah uh you know um blaze base base yeah he like you know base used to be the greatest uh what was it believer yeah. or you know of us all and like eh, it makes me sad because I, mm-hmm. I just i like how much hope and you know he has and his friendship with Baze was adorable. Yes. And I, I think I think Churu dying was like because K K two dies first, but mm-hmm. I really like I really really sobbed when Churu died. Right. I think Churu's like the first like not droid, like of the main crew to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like I'm gonna I I re- so I I'm getting ready for Rogue One. I sort of went back to the books. I read the novelization again. I read Catalyst again. I read Rebel Rising again. And uh, oh, I thought there was one more. Rebel Rising, Catalyst. Oh, yeah, Rogue One. Okay. Uh, so I was sort of like picking up a lot of these pieces and getting ready for Andor and like going back to Rogue One. And there are like some really, really cool things in those books, like uh, parts of the things of like Bodhi and like how he ended up being the thing and like how it was Galen Erso who really inspired him to defect. You know, like, you know, like in the movie, you get little pieces of it. He's like, he said, I could make a difference, you know, if, if I was brave enough, you know, but like the book, you get a little bit like more depth about it. And there's a whole book, actually, it's called Guardians of the Wills with Baze and Chirrut. And it's really, really, it's a good book. And there's also a manga ab- adaptation. Um, but I still would like to see more of their time as Guardians of the Wills. Because, like, I still don't really know what that is. All we know is they're, like, awesome guardians, presumably trained in some sort of, like, martial defense art. Uh, Even though Baze, like, just uses a gun now. Uh, But, like, back when that temple, when there was Kyber to guard or whatever, like, what was the job? What were they guarding? What, What is their, like, little, you know, faith, religion sort of thing, like, in that temple of the Kyber? Um, 
And like he's shown up in a few things. I think there's some Galaxy's Edge comics where like Hondo and Doc Ondar are trying to like steal stuff and they like run into him. <laughs> like mm-hmm. actually guarding the temple. Back when there was a temple to guard. Um but like the idea of like since the Empire is taking over, like you know, what is uh Cassian says something like, Oh, they they're guardians of the wills, but now there's no temple to guard, so they just cause trouble. Mm-hmm. May the force of others be with you You know. And then he's like sees the crystal even though he can't see i like cheer it a lot and i like i said in the novelization they go a little bit deeper and some of the parts where they go really deeper is like all of their deaths so you get a little more insight so for example spoilers for rogue one everybody (laughs) uh k2 is the first to go kind of so as k2 is like figuring out like he's in there and he's uh Remember, he, like, tells them to climb? You know, he's like, climb! And then he, like, shucks and locks the door. Because he's, like, calculating that that's, like, the best odds of their escape. And, like, they can get to the thing and broadcast the signal. But even as he's calculating the odds, the odds of them escaping are, like, so infinitesimally small that he's, like... It makes him sad that he doesn't... He's trying to find a way... Like, he's trying to calculate all these scenarios... And trying to find the one where Cassian can survive. Um, but they're all so, like, small that he's really, really sad. But he finds, like, the best one, which is for them to climb. And he, like, does everything he can to do that. And he, like, sees the calculation. It's like, oh, it has a, like, 0.006 chance of success in him surviving. And, like, that's the biggest success that he gets. And that's what happens when he dies. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, he was so also- happy because he was able to double his chances of survival. Yeah, I also liked Bodhi because of, like, how, like, scared he was. Mm-hmm. And then, like, slowly he tried his hardest to be brave for um, for Jin's dad, just for himself. Yeah. That and... that part, I think you made me listen to. And uh, that one was sad. That's a good one because he, like has this whole idea of, like, him flying out and capturing, like, rescuing them on the tower, and then they, like, escape, like, when he sees the grenade land, but he doesn't. And then, like, the line is something like, like a captain, like any good captain, he went down with the ship. And then when Chirrut dies, he wants to, like, joke with Baze to make him laugh so that Baze won't be sad. Because, like, Baze kind of, like, rolls him over, and he's like, cheer it, cheer it. And he's like, he looked into his friend, and he was like, he wanted to be like, I can't see. <laughs> uh-huh. But he was like, but he knew Baze wouldn't, like, really laugh and <laughs> think it was funny. And so instead, he just kind of says, like, you know, just look look for me in the, look in the force, and you will always find me. And then Baze just kind of wants to be with his friend, so he, like like kills everybody and dies and he just knows that he's going to see his friend soon so he's like at peace mm-hmm. and then Jin Jin used to go to the beaches on uh ooh wow, what's the planet where they are on like the planet where Krennic takes them like she used to be on the beach a lot and enjoy it so that's why she takes like Cassian to the beach because like she used to go to the beach and she used to like it mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she's like this is nice no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good Sad. book. It is a great book. Saw Guerrera. So I many people so died. Happy. I was so happy to see Saw in this movie again. Like, I am a Saw Guerrera fan, even though Saw Guerrera is not a good guy a lot of the time. <laughs> like, to be fair, he shot Ezra and Sabine. <laughs> yeah, he knocked them out, too. That's the time he shot them. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, he stun shot them. Um, Yeah. But, like, his whole... Yeah. Save the dream! It's, like, the best. What's your favorite... I explained to the podcast uh, on Star Wars Geek Girl that you were wearing uh, the Onderon shirt. Oh. Did you see what happened? Oh, you don't know. Maybe you don't. So I wore the Onderon shirt to go see Rogue One, right? And then I did my laundry and like the little thing came off and I was like, well, oh. my shirt is broken. And like, this is the last time I see it. The last time I wore my like <laughs> Saw Gerrera's Partisans shirt was sure. going to see Rogue One at the El Cap. So that is fitting. 
<laughs> my shirt was like, save the dream. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite part of the movie? Uh, I think if I had to think of one on the top of my head, just like really fast, it's when Jen meets True. Oh, okay. Like in the market when she's like, yes, I'm speaking to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how did you know? Like for that answer, you must pay. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really cool. I like that part too. Uh, I think my favorite part is definitely her seeing her father's message. Mm-hmm. Because that's like when everything changes. Like before, she's just like, oh, I did it. Like, I, I, they wanted their introduction. They got it. I'm done now. You guys do whatever the hell you want, you know? You can stand to see the Imperial flag rain across. It's not a problem if you don't look up. You know? But I like as soon as she sees her father's message, like, she's, she believes him again. And she's gone so long without her father, you know? And even without Saw for a while. And I like the things, especially in the books, like it's really like both of her fathers, like teach her so much that makes her her. Like she is very Mm -hmm. much Saw's daughter, but she's also very much like Galen's daughter too. Like even though she doesn't for a lot of her life, she doesn't like Galen. Like because she doesn't know, like she was too young to understand and didn't really get it. And so she just thinks her father abandoned her and left her and like is working with the empire. You know what I mean? Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of that book that is her like reckoning with those things. Um, you know, and then believing in her father again. Yeah. I just star Wars does a good job with like, um, as usual, like just family stuff, but, I like this one a lot, too. Especially when I was reading the, um... When I, like, half-read the Rebel Rising book. Mm-hmm. I like the part where, like, you know, when uh, Saw adopts her, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells everyone that she's his bo- biological, like, daughter. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> everyone's, like, super suspicious of it. Because they're like, he's all dark and, like, buff. And she's tiny and white. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was cute. Yeah. What about uh, Axel? Do you have a favorite? What's your favorite part of Rogue One? My favorite part of Rogue One is when they use is when they use the Death Star to kill them all. Which time? Um, the very end of the movie. Like Scarif? Yes. Oh. Like, you mean from that, so you like the end and then it goes to, like, Vader and all that? Yeah. Interesting. It's a lot like Majora's Mask. Oh, it is the end of a bunch of stuff. <laughs> by a giant flying moon. Yes, by a giant death moon. It also still gives me chills to see Tarkin. Yeah, and I like that, Um, like, you know, there was so much talk of, like, when Tarkin shows up in this movie, it's like... <gasps> And then, like, everybody's like, well, like, the CG and, like, what is that crappy? But, like, if you don't know anything, like, I mean, I'm not saying my mom is, like, a digital video investigator or anything. But my mom has no idea that that dude is dead and has been dead for, like, 20 years. And she just watched the movie and was like, cool. Yeah, it was surprising to see him again. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, she wasn't looking for Yeah, he's still alive. Uh Uh-huh. Wow, he he looks exactly the same. (laughs) You know? But, like, if you have people that, like, know, like, it's almost like the knowledge in your brain makes you be like, oh, you know, like, not believe it. Whereas, like, if you just go into it blind, you're just like, oh, cool. This old yeah, guy. This creepy old guy. They're getting, like, really, really good at it with right. uh, Luke and uh, yeah. what was supposed to be Mandalore. Or was it Boba? It was Boba Fett, right? Book of Boba Fett, yeah, with Luke. Of course. Um yeah, Book of Boba Fett. It was really good. Oh, look at this great picture I have after Do You Have Any Great Rogue One Memories? <laughs> it is exploding stormtroopers. Um, I mean, I, I got to go to the red carpet, so I think that that's a really good memory. But also, like, I remember... Um, yeah, just like... You left one, your family. 
Mm-hmm. I left the family behind. I was like, saving the dream for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting because bef- after the premiere, like you wouldn't tell me anything. So I went to other Super Girl people that would tell me things. Lame. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone dies. Lame. And I was like, there's no way. That's stupid. No. <laughs> Liars. How did you get away with that lie? <laughs> and then everyone died. Uh-huh. What about... Uh, oh, man, I can't... There wasn't much... Uh, oh, I don't know if you remember, but like this was around the time when like Disney Infinity kind of shut down. And then, I don't know if you remember, but they, like, released, like, well, we were going to make, like, here was Bays. This is what Bays was going to look like in the Disney Infinity thing. And Hera. Man! Yeah, and Hera and, like, a couple of the other things like that. I miss that. That was so mean of them. Yeah. Well, I I like seeing the picture, but I would have preferred the toy. Um, Let's see what else I got. It could have been, like, if you don't, if everyone donates a dollar, we can can make Bays. I will pay. For that answer, you must pay. Uh, have your feelings about the film changed since then? I don't think mine have that much. Like, I, when it came out, I really, really enjoyed it, and I thought it was so bold and so different and, like, exactly what Star Wars needs. And I still feel like bold, different, and interesting things is what Star Wars needs. And, like, it looks like Andor is going to very much continue in those footsteps and give us, like... I hate to use the word gritty, but a very, like, real look at these people who are in these fights who, like, have to do these things that they don't exactly like or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I like that idea and I like seeing those stories that are not so fantastical, even though it's a fantastical world. It's like the things Mm -hmm. that have to get done to make that happen. I don't know. I I still really, really enjoy the movie. Yeah, I really enjoy the movie. My thoughts haven't really changed, but I think that there was like the the beginning scene where she's like, where Jin's dad is like, "Look, everything I do is to protect you and because I love you." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I understand." I understand. And I'm like, "Okay, why? Why? What happened? Why didn't you understand later?" Because like I, I'm sure it was definitely very hard to understand that especially because she was technically abandoned but not really abandoned because Mm -hmm. he didn't want to abandon her but like it like i wish she i guess later it makes sense it all makes sense later but like you know because they want to show that now suddenly she has hope after seeing her father again Mm -hmm. but i wish she kind of had that little spark of hope before maybe maybe the book has it of where like it goes into more detail of like her thoughts on like yeah yeah i wish like you know my father didn't abandon me but also he didn't abandon me but also you know i mean it's like she doesn't understand that and like in the books it's almost like she hates her father she hates him for abandoning her and going with the guy that killed her mother and then like you know hearing (laughs) that he's an imperial scientist like He's working with these people and, like, he never even came looking for her. Uh, so, like, to her, she very much feels abandoned. And then doubly abandoned when Saw leaves her. Yeah, that, you know? that. Like, and so there is a lot of that and it's in its anger and a misunderstanding of these reasons, you know, and it and it seems like in both cases, the people were trying to leave her to protect her. Yeah, Whereas, I think that's also good because later, sorry. Like, later on, when they go to Scarif, mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm not used to people sticking around when there's, like, yeah, danger or, you know, when something, when things go wrong. Right. And like, that, that part was yeah, also I think Cassian good, says something like, like oh, welcome home. Yeah. You know, and there's even some, like, like, the oh. book expounds on so many of those things, and especially, like, just strange little things. Like, when the toys were released, you know, it's like, Sergeant Jin Erso. And then you watch the movie and you're like, I'm sorry, like she was just a girl that they found. And like, why is she a sergeant now? But in the novelization, like uh, in the novelization, there's a part where like when they take off to Scarif, like one of the guys, I think it's Melchi, kind of pulls her aside and is like, hey, look, like it's not really a big thing. But like the guy, you know, the 
many of the soldiers, like, even though we're all like soldiers and came off to do this thing, like they respond well to, to like the hierarchy and the military thing. So like, we're going to make you a sergeant so that you can command this mission and like the soldiers will listen to you. And then she like makes her little speech, you know, like that's like right before she does her, like they have no idea we're coming, you know, we'll take the next, like, and then she makes her speech and like all the soldiers believe in them, believe in her. Cause she, you know, but like they sort of make her an honorary sergeant just to like, I don't know. Like, it's like a weird little thing, but it's very like heartfelt and very like, and it's like a silly little thing that was like on a toy package. Yeah. That like somebody somewhere was like, I'm sorry, like she's not a sergeant. Like, but then if you read the book, you're like, oh, they made her like a sergeant so that she could lead the mission because like she. But there's also like, you know, Sabine with like a grappling hooks. Right. Yeah. As toys. <laughs> Do not base your canon off of toys. But like, yeah, I, I love those little details. Like, I, I think if anything, I don't feel like much has changed in my opinion of the movie. I've always I loved the movie when I came out of it. I was surprised how bold it was and how fresh and exciting it was. And I still feel like even standing with all the movies that have come out since then, I still feel like it, it does stand alone. Um, I still think that it's my favorite. And it has mm-hmm. a lot of like soul and heart. Like, and the other movies, they have a lot of hope too as well, but this is very much like, like hope in the face of undeniable odds that are not fantastical. You know what I mean? And I like the idea that a lot of this follows through, um, like in other media, like there's a whole comic series after this, uh, where Luke and Leia, they all go back to Jeddah to like help them and like they're trying to destroy the empires like the empires mining pieces of the planet of kyber so like mm-hmm. they're still trying and like some of the survivors are still there like benthic is still there like leading the rest of the partisans and they're like we're on a dead world but like we will still fight the empire till our dying breath like they shattered our world and we will still kill them like to fulfill the dream and um that Luke goes there and he fights with them and he meets some of the survivors of Saul's partisans and he learns the story of Jin and like Rogue One and everybody and what happened. And he like, he's very like, I don't know what the word is like critical because he's like, everybody looks at me like I'm this big hero. All I did was like press a button. Like these people did this and like even got me in the position. Like I turned off my targeting computer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how I could have ever carried the weight if I would have known this, you know, and Leia's the one who is like, no, we can't like blink. These are the people like each one of us has to live in this like forever action. Like we can't blink Mm -hmm. because if any of us had blinked, if she had blinked, if you had blinked, the Death Star would still be here and we wouldn't, you know, and I like that. And then it's because of that, that like, you know, later he renames Red Squadron Rogue Squadron. And that's why there is no Rogue One in Rogue Squadron. There's Rogue Leader, then Rogue Two, Rogue Three, Rogue Four. Because there will never be a Rogue One because it's like theirs, like forever. Reserved. Yeah. And I really like that, like, and that how much it comes back. And then like in Alphabet Squadron, there's a character, her name is Chasna Chaddock. And she was like one of Saw's people. She fought with Saw and she was like one of the cavern angels, a pilot who flew some of the X-Wings and stuff. And later, you know, Alphabet Squadron takes place after the Battle of Endor. And she talks about like Jin is her inspiration because she saw, you know, the footage of Jin making that speech in that where nobody believed in her. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and like what she did and found out her story and everything. And she was like, I want to, like, be a hero like that. You know, I like how how inspirational it is, you know, like in a in a bunch of the uh, a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back books. They're like, rebellions are built on hope, like because everybody says it now, <laughs> because like she said it and that like footage went far and wide. Mm-hmm. And like inspired so many more rebels. Much like so his, what his power speech. So in that room, like, so the, in, in the universe, the idea is, remember, like, where she's in there, like, talking to them, and they're like, no, without the full support, like, we can't fight, like, blah, 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 blah. 
let her speak or like what is she proposing? You remember, like, and I then thought she's that like, was the most funniest. That's one. like the ridiculous. Like, what does she say? <laughs> like, uh, there's she. You know, if we give chance to an evil this big with this large, like, you know, what what choice? What the question is? What chance? What choice do we have? Like that speech. So in there, there was a like young journalist or like somebody who was recording stuff, and she recorded that footage of her speech. And after the battle, she released it, like, across the holonet. So people saw her making that speech and learned the story that, like, they were the ones that stole the Death Star plans. And then they, like, blew up the Death Star, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that, like, made that, like, rebellions are built on hope, like, so famous and, like, also Jin's story so public. Like, that inspired a lot of people to the cause to join the rebellion. You know, so like there's a bunch of cold people on Hoth who are like, man, we joined the rebellion, but man, it is cold. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I like that idea. And I think the journalist's name is Corwi something something. And that is. I think speeches are funny because I don't know if you remember, but in She-Hulk or did you watch the latest She-Hulk? I don't think I've seen the this week's, but I saw we're like we watched the last week's. We didn't watch this one yet because. Yeah, I haven't watched this one yet, but uh, I. I watched the, the last, last one, and it was, like, the, the elf in court. Right. And she was like, Asgard is not a place. It is a people. Sorry, we don't accept Thor's speech in, the, in court. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the legacy of, of what it means. And then I also like how it fits in. Like, it's these big pieces that inspire, that, like, make these movements. And, like, I think Ezra's is the first one, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Ezra is the first one where they go like, okay, well, we need to start uniting these cells. And then later they like rescue Mon Mothma and she's like, well, now we like, I have left the Senate and we are a rebellion. And she like unites the people. Right. And then like Jen makes this speech and they attack this Imperial place and blow up the Death Star, you know, and you can see how each of these things like builds to the next step. Someone at work yesterday, like said something i i don't remember oh we were trying to put books away because you know when people uh people don't have to like put books away after they're done using them they can just give them to us and then we'll put them away mm-hmm. so we usually have like a cart full of books we need to pull aw- put away mm-hmm. and so you know we were pulling some away and i was like sorry i'm not doing too much there's like a bunch of people today because it's all like freshmen learning okay. that we have a library mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that you don't have to buy the books. You can just use them there. Right. Uh, and so it was really busy. And so I like only put away like a couple. And she was like, that's okay. Every little bit helps. And I was like, I wanted to be like, have you watched Rebels? <laughs> nice. I was like, that's not, that's not big of a reference to maybe. I don't know. I was like, hmm. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah. The, let's see. Andor is coming soon. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, me ready too. for Chilaquiles on screen. I'm ready for Ch- Oh, it's like, uh, so the behind the scenes thing that we saw, that's on Disney Plus now, but there's like a new little trailer on it. But I really, like I said, the, the tone of that show very much feels like this, but I'm really liking the Mon Mothma stuff. I think mm-hmm. like there's a whole Mon Mothma side to this show that I did not see coming. I was like, oh, cool. And or Rebel Spy. This is going to be fun and interesting and different. Uh, but I think there's going to be a whole like political sneaky intrigue Mon Mothma's play because she's like the Mon Mothma that we always know is like she's a rebellion and nothing she already left the senate you know what I mean so now like being able to see the Mon Mothma that was like doing both like running the rebellion on one side and like pretending to be an imperial senator on the other side Mm -hmm. that is really interesting to me and I think I'm going to enjoy those parts yes um I think the my favorite, like, I guess there's not really enough, but, like, I think my favorite, like, thing of Mon Mothma is, like, her talking with Thane and, yeah. um... Uh, Lost Stars. Uh, what is it? Stars? Something stars. Lost Stars. <laughs> yes. And, um, how, like, personal she gets with him. Because mm-hmm. he's drunk and, like, she's just, like, she's just nice in general. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's, uh, 
wants to pay like respects to the people that are like physically fighting in this war. Um, hey, uh, and she takes care of Thane. If you miss Thane, there is a book, a recent book that was just released that has a nice little Thane cameo. Oh. If when are want. we getting a Lost Stars second book? I don't book? know. Ask Claudia Gray, I guess. But like, if you want to listen to our last episode, you can hear. I think we talk a little bit about the cool Thane cameo. Mm. Uh, 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 what in what book? In the book we covered on our last episode, which is the Princess and the Scoundrel. Oh. Uh, you should go listen nice, to that. Nice. It's uh, it's me and uh, Laura from Force Toast, and we talk that book which is a lot of fun you can have force toast i left my star wars toaster there Ooh, force toast <laughs> uh let's see okay related catalyst and rebel rising of course along with the novelization i think are like good things i should put guardians of the wills here too those are like the prequel little books there's nothing really on andor like andor shows up in like I don't know if you remember but do you remember Secrets of the Empire when we did the like void VR thing yeah remember of like course. Andor is the one who gives you the mission yeah like he kind of comes up and it's hey this is Fulcrum and I'm here you are going to Mustafar to like blah 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 you know and I remember when that came out I was like look at that dude I like that dude like <laughs> this has to be before like zero BBY um so yeah <laughs> Oh, uh, on the podcast, Zoe went through uh, the entire Star Wars lore uh, based off of um, Sargeras' hair. Interesting. We have uh, concluded that he has shaved his hair twice. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think he does it every now and then. Like, I think his hair changes like my facial hair. I think we can't judge time by Saw's hair. <laughs> That's what I said, but she, she went for it. Okay, and yeah. I was like, she's, she's, I can't okay. stop her. Hey, we'll see. So, <laughs> well, we got we got two seasons of Andor to figure out if she's right. <laughs> so there was a good amount of uh-huh. like podcasts being quiet for five minutes. Interesting. So uh, if you if you need quiet time, go to Star Wars Geek Girl. <laughs> ha ha! I highly recommend the novelization of this book. I think it's by Alexander Freed, if I'm not mistaken, who's the same dude that did the Alphabet Squadron books and Battlefront Twilight Company. Uh. And I think he's also done a couple of uh, From a Certain Point of View stories. But a very similar in tone. And he is a very good choice for that book. But also Catalyst is really good if you want to get into like a little bit of the political intrigue of Galen and Lyra or so. And I love that book because it sets up so much of the like, oh, Lyra, troublesome as ever. Like mm-hmm. of that interaction. So you can bring so much more to that scene if you've read that book. And then Rebel Rising, of course, like really fills in that time of, of Jin or so between Saw, like all the Saw Gerrera stuff and what happened after. Um, along with that one episode of Forces of Destiny where Tuka does a backflip. Yes. Uh, there is a there's a Cassian and K2 comic where like Cassian first finds and programs K2. <laughs> uh, Secrets of the Empire, which I don't think you can do anymore because I think all the voids closed. Yeah. Uh, Ashes of Jeddah is the name of that Star Wars comic that I was talking about, where Luke, Leia, Han, they all go back to Jeddah and fight with the survivors. And I don't know if you knew this, Lizzie, but Inferno Squad was sort of formed as a response to uh, Scarif and Rogue One. What do you mean, like, a response? So basically what happens is, like, they stole the thing, they blew up the Death Star... And the, you know, the commanders are like, oh, my God, like, how could these rebel spies do that? Like, we need, like, special, like, you know, uh. special commandos to, like, defeat these people. And so they form Inferno Squad. And that's exactly what they're I supposed see. to do. They're supposed to, like, defeat these incursions. And their first mission is they have to, like, infiltrate these survivors of the partisans. And they're called the, the Dreamers. And they're supposed to, like, bring them down. Like, that's, like, their first... Because, like, that's who they blame. Like, it's Sakurara's people that, like, stole the plan. Da, 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 da. So, like, Inferno Squad's first mission, if you read a very good book by Christy Golden called Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. <laughs> uh, that's all about the formation of Inferno Squad, how it's a response to Rogue One, and them, like, trying to destroy the rest of Saw's partisans. 
Uh, Rogue Squadron and Hope Dies. Hope Dies is the next one, I believe, after Ashes of Jeddah. It's a comic series. And that's the one where, like, Luke renames Red Squadron Rogue Squadron because, like, now that he knows the full story. Um, and it's a really, really good comic series. And then, let's see, the Cavern Angels are something that I always thought was cool. And in the trailer, we see, like, that black and white X-Wing. Like, the one that's crashed in uh, Jeddah later in the movie. But, like, in the trailer, you see, like, one of the two-tubes guys, stand, it looks like Benthic, and he's standing by, the, like, the X-Wing in the background. And I'm like, oh, it would be cool to see the Cavern Angels fly. And maybe, like, Chastna mm-hmm. Chaddock back there somewhere just being like, hey, I never met Jin yet, but, like, look at me. <laughs> hey, I'm a cool I'm pilot. I'll show up in a book later. Hey, I know Hera later. Bye. Go read Alphabet Squadron. Bye. Um, Promotional. And then Benthic is, like, the survivor. But also, he's the one, like, he rode with the Cloud Riders before like in solo when they all take off their helmets like you're like oh one of them's benthic and then so like that happens way before so like later he joins saw's people and there's even a part mm-hmm. in like that comic series that i was talking about ashes of Jedi, where han solo's like hey when i first met you you were like riding with the cloud riders what happened you know and he's like you know what changed And he's like the galaxy changed uh but i would really like to see like if this is earlier in the timeline I haven't seen Enfys in a while, and I I would really like mm-hmm. to see Enfys. And if there is some rebellion starting in different places, what if some of those rebellions need a coaxium and they had little motorcycle people to steal it, and they stole it, and they <laughs> gave them coaxium, and they look cool doing it? What yeah, if that had happened? Nice. I uh, think didn't Jen interact with Enfys? Yes. In the solo novelization, there is like a, uh, like an epilogue where like, because they give Enfys and her people the coaxium at the Mm -hmm. end. And like, there's a part where Enfys takes the coaxium and she like meets her person and it's Saw. And so she like gives him the coaxium. And like Saw has little, little tiny gin with him. I think like Enfys says something like, you know, people will underestimate you. Use it. Or something like that, because she like takes off her helmet. If and she you sees were, if you ahead. were a big rebellion leader. The uh, if you were saw, would you take me to these meetings? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just starting. <laughs> he's like rebellion, or maybe he's like, we have a long journey ahead of us. Come, I had an appointment before your mother called me. <laughs> 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 we have to make a stop off real quick, like on Savarine. You'll like Enfys. She's cool. She's cool. Just stay on the ship. Do not, whatever you do, don't poke your head out. <laughs> and like, Man, I told you not to poke your head out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I love Rogue One. It's definitely one of my favorite movies. I, I don't know if we're ever, like, well, I mean, I guess we're about to find out if we're ever going to get anything like that again. Because this series, Andor, looks very much continuing in the tone. Um... I wish we would get some more of Jin stuff. And I know we have such a limited time with her, but I still feel like there are plenty of Jin stories that we could get. Mm-hmm. I really like that character. I mean, in Rebel Rising, like we get pretty much like her childhood and stuff. Right. Do you but just I mean, mean like specific events? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean a specific story, you know, whether it be a show or a comic or something else. Like I, I like Rebel Rising takes place over such a large amount of time. Like you could totally mm-hmm. make a story. It's just like, hey, this is when she did something, you know, <laughs> like you can fit the other yeah. stories in between that book, even though that book takes place over a long time. That's like, true. I, feel like I it liked, does skip over quite a bit. I liked seeing her like growing up or like reading about her growing up especially because like you know she she talks about like how she couldn't really have pretty things mm-hmm. she was all like metal and like you know beat up people mm-hmm. go on missions so then when they went to the ball um she like, got to wear like idea. a little pretty dress and mm-hmm. like a thing i think about a lot like i probably because in my head i just like when i put on chapstick um because Jen said that she would bite her lips so hard, so that way it would look they would look red. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, there's like a parts oh. in the book where it talks about how like she didn't even have any like clothes really until like one of the female, you know, other rebels who would come in and out finally like brought her some and like taught her like you know hygiene things. I'm pretty sure one of <laughs> like, them gave her the scarf that she has now. Uh, I thought it. Yeah, I can't remember. Somebody gave her the scarf, and I don't remember who. I think you're right. But um, yeah, there was like really interesting and cool things like that in the book. Oh, it was like a person that was kind of Saw's lover, but not really. I don't know about Saw's lover, but it was definitely like one of the higher rebels that would come often. I don't know. I remember her and she was cool. Yeah. Oh, another thing with the uh, in the book, like there are all these like little almost like interstitials. So like. There'll be a little thing that's like, uh, you know, like the chapters will end and like every so often there'll be a little thing that's like, you know, Imperial Communications 0027 book thing. And it'll be like Galen Erso sending a thing about like, perhaps we should add a thermal exhaust port to help release some of the pressure. It'll, it'll take the chances of that, uh, you know, radioactive buildup down by 0.2. Like, and you could see that he's like planning on how to do these things, like with the engineers and all that. Mm-hmm. And then there'll just be one that's like, you know. Imperial intelligence, like Kraken, like 17-2-3. Ah, but we brought Jin Urso to the base under very secure locations, but we must make sure that we do whatever we can to figure out the uh, intelligence on this Galen Urso. You know, and there's like uh, all these little kind of excerpts that are like about what's happening in the story, but not really. You know what I mean? Like things that are happening like in the background. Yeah. Uh, or like communications. Um, but one of them in particular, I think... I am going to end the podcast with and it's the very last one and it's like in it's a document that is in memoriam and it's reflections on Jin Erso from the personal files of Mon Mothma hmm. and I'm gonna like cut it short but I'm gonna read a little bit of it uh, I'm gonna kind of abridge it but I would like you Lizzie to hear it because you are not ready this is sad this is the end of the book. And this is what Mon Mothma wrote about her. I regret to say I only met Jin twice. To claim I knew her well would be an insult to the young woman whose fervor captivated so many. Conversely, to speak only of her effect on our movement and to recount, recount yet again the tallying, the rallying of the rebellion and our way transformation from a wary coalition into a unified nation would be both redundant and insulting. So, put no stock in my words. I can tell you of those two meetings and what I saw in her, or what, looking back, I remember seeing in her, which may be far removed from the truth. You may find more a weary ex-senator than Jin Erso in all of this. Jin was in chains when we met before Operation Fracture. I'd seen her file and chosen her for the mission for reasons I wish I could be proud of. I expected to meet a troubled girl who had been failed by the Alliance in a hundred different ways, failed by Saw, failed by those of us who knew Saw, failed when she went out on her own and failed by our inability to save her father or mother. I expected she could be persuaded, by which I suppose I meant manipulated, into helping us, and that in doing so we might help her too. But the woman I met at base one could not be manipulated. There are a very few people whose will and ferocity are so great that they pull other people into their wake. I've known some who cultivated that talent as politicians and generals for good or ill. Jin, I think, never knew the effect she had on others, never realized the intensity of her own humanity or the presence she brought to a room. She was, as expected, troubled and quarrelsome. She was also impossible to ignore or forget. In her short life, she had seen relentless hardship and become hard herself, but her fire shone bright. And our first meeting was, oh no, if our first meeting was brief, our second was even briefer. We exchanged a handful of private words, then she briefed, the Alliance High Command on the threat of the Death Star, and the woman I met was far different from the one we'd chained. Was she at peace? I don't believe so. But she held herself with a newfound clarity. It's become fashionable in some quarters to claim Jin Urso went to Scarif intending to die a martyr, that she realized she had lost everything and chose her path by its inevitable end. I will dispute this claim until my own dying days. I think Jin fully recognized who she was and sought a way to channel her best and worst impulses, her darkest moments and her brightest toward a cause worthy of her true incandescence. That's very good. In a kinder universe, she would have walked away from Scarif. I cannot imagine who she would have become, but I think she would have been extraordinary. 
I am grateful that I knew her, no matter how short the time. That's why I like her a lot. Why you make it sad? Because that's what it needs to be. We Why all need to remember. Why you make it sad all up in here? We all need to remember. She brought us what we needed. When we needed it. Crying in the club, as kids say. Sir. It's a f it's canon. Cobb has brown pants. No, it's not. That's a toy. But, but, the Jun Urso toy said sergeant. It's canon. I have, All toys a, are canon. I have a better source for that. <laughs> because one thing is canon means everything is canon. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I will admit that maybe, 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 uh, uh, what's his name? Maybe Cobb has brown pants. I don't know. He might have more than one pair of pants. You never know. Did you know that Star Wars people don't change their clothes? What if he has brown pants, though? Every day. What Jen if he has changes brown pants? her clothes every now and then. Mm -hmm. Or maybe she washes it. Ezra changed his clothes. Sabine changes her armor. Uh huh. But they wear it for more days at a time. I wonder if they have like a cool little thing where they just put their clothes in and it's like, now it's clean. <laughs> and then you wear it the next day. I would imagine, especially yeah. being in the Rebellion. Oh yeah, there's talk of Jedi laundry in Padawan. Because like uh, Obi-Wan spills soup on his robes and he's like, well, he only had one more spare clothes, so he better like not because his other one had soup on it. So he needed to like make sure not to mess this one up. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I very sad. ended up not cutting it short because it was too good. It was very good. That is my favorite part of that book. I, oh, Zoe was crying on the podcast. I, I, I just failed. I tried to make you cry. And instead, I almost I cried. I would cry, but also, I I cried all the tears I had left for Rogue One after seeing it in theaters. I think. Oh yeah, I think you those did were cry the last tears. It again, huh? Yeah, I like that movie. Everyone died again yeah, no, in front true. of my eyes. It happens in the big screen this time. Yeah. So in IMAX, in my heart, I am crying, but there are no more tears to shed. Hmm. Maybe in another month or two. Okay. Well, then maybe there will be tears when Andor comes out. There will probably be tears because it's a little... Somebody spilled his oh. chilaquiles. <laughs> the little Mexican boy getting going around in his way, trying to trick uh, rich people. They can't imagine somebody like me would get in their house, spit in their food. You know what Zoe cried to hmm. on the podcast? What? The summer special... <laughs> Which part? <laughs> <laughs> well, she had a pretty good reason, I guess. But uh, she was talking about, it was like, she was like, I feel like Finn because like, you know, like I'm, I left my parents and I'm over here. And then after college, I'll be leaving my friends and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, huh, do okay. be sad. Yeah. Life. Life but comes at you quick. Cannot relate uh -huh. too much. Uh, my, I have no friends. <laughs> I have, I have two friends, three Three. Three. And then they all scatter to the winds. That's kind of relatable because I have one friend and he's acting a lot like Galen or so. He left the Empire just to go hang out with his family or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. What? It's a peaceful life, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, all, all of those scenes, I couldn't help. I was like, oh, that's the, that's the OG meme. There's the OG meme. <laughs> I just love like his in the wild. He's such like a jerk, but like this I don't know, his like attitude and the way he carries himself. He's like Oh my condolences. Sacks the house <laughs> You know. Oh look, it's Lyra back from the dead. It's a miracle. <laughs> like all of that stuff is so perfect. Uh he's really good, man. I hope he shows up in Andor. I, I, I don't know if I can find a reason why he would be there, but I just would really like to see that character come back uh, because it's very enjoyable. Uh, Axel, you're right. He's a very interesting, fascinating, funny, and the how much I like watching him is immeasurable. 
the Frenic? Yeah. Oh. I, I said okay. I wouldn't say he's my favorite character, but I really like seeing him. I think he's a brat. But he's like, like, no, I think he's the opposite. I think everybody else is brats. He's the one no. who's actually working. He's the one who's actually building stuff. Is and he? Like, he's not building nothing. He he's an engineer, Galen. dude. Oh, like no. Galen. He's one of those engineer managers that are like, yeah, I'm an engineer manager. Yeah, get back to work. Look, Lizzie, they <laughs> both came up in the Imperial, in the Republic Futures program. So, like, he is very good at being an engineer. He just can't make the weapon work. Galen is doing the weapon part, but he's doing the other stuff. Yeah, but, like, also, then he went to, like, he went to Vader. He was like, yeah, Vader, you're gonna let yeah, Vader doesn't uh, play y'all games. Palpatine know that I'm, like, cool, right? Like, who, who does that? Hey, fool. <laughs> like, that's if I were to go to, like, the scariest chef on campus and then, like, so you'll tell the dean about my accomplishments. Like, no, they won't. They don't care about you. <laughs> Uh, I like the, uh, there's a really cool from a certain point of view story that's like the complaint written by like uh, Admiral Mahdi or whoever that Vader chokes. <laughs> like, he's like, like, he's like, I was not meaning to challenge his faith in any way. I was just saying that uh, I was proud of like the imperial work that we have done. And uh, if oh, Vader is going to undermine okay. all of us in front of him, like I feel it's very disrespectful. Of the uh, imperial power structure. Now, granted, I am not, like, which he, like, technically isn't even a part of. Like, now, look, uh, maybe I was wrong in saying that, like, blah, 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 but I definitely did not put hands on him. He just can't go around choking everybody who disagrees with him. Spoilers in Empire Strikes Back, he goes around choking everybody who disagrees with him. Uh, but it's really funny. It's like his complaint that he submits. Uh, it's good times. Um,. Do you have any any more thoughts on Rogue One? Anything else that we'll you want to say? You think we'll see Buff Tarkin, but in um, IRL? You mean like Tarkin with no shirt? Yeah. Uh, only in that one comic. Dang. Yeah. I mean, you could cosplay Buff Tarkin if you want, I guess. <laughs> Just start working out. <laughs> I don't out. think so. Get all ripped? No. I'm not good at working out. And then you got to get like like that weird hairline <laughs> not weird hairline just you gotta he's got scars and stuff too yeah well he came up on air like his uh there's a book called tarkin and which he goes through quite a bit <laughs> and he's not just like a uh rich guy he's a rich guy who has to like pass trials to be a rich guy <laughs> interesting yeah there's a, there's a lot he worked his hardest to be a rich guy mm -hmm. There's a Vader comic where Vader's like, I want you to hunt me. Like, because he to needs like, a challenge. Yeah. So, like, Tarkin hunts Vader. Like, Man, so these people are bored. Well, Vader's got to keep his skills up. And Tarkin is like, I am up for the challenge, Lord Vader. Well, yeah. But, like, I think it's funny because in the Lego special, they're like, do bad guys take vacations? And then, like, you know, there's a whole scene and it's supposed to be funny. Now, these is. people are taking vacations, too. In canon. No, but they're not taking vacations. He brings, like, a whole squad to kill Vader. Yeah, that's, like, a fun little thing for Vader. Mm-hmm. At that point. Yeah. But, like, Vader needs a challenge, so he ne it can't be anybody. Like, he has to have Tarkin hunt him, because Tarkin's the only one who can actually pose a threat. <laughs> nah. He couldn't do anything to Princess Leia. That's true. He should have had, <laughs> had Leia hunt him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Good times. All right. I guess that's it. Anybody got anything else to say? I am very excited for Tar uh, Tarkin. Not Tarkin. I'm very excited Andor. for Buff Tarkin. <laughs> Buff Tarkin on Disney Plus. Andor. Ridiculous. Buff Tarkin takes a vacation and goes swimming. I hope it happens. Good times. Uh, I hope we see. Man, I, I want to see some Cloud Riders. Enfys, please come back to us. Yeah. Enfys, there's a rebellion happening. I hope you are still riding in the clouds. <laughs> or whatever y'all do. You're still cool. Still still alive. S still robbing convey X's. Mm -hmm. Or whatever. <laughs> Alright, well, I guess that's the end of this episode. I believe... I got a few things to catch up on. There's a lot of High Republic comics that I need to drop an episode on. 
Uh, and I also finished some Star Wars VR games. So the next episode is probably going to be on one of those things, either video games or uh, High Republic comics. So you'll probably know by the uh, cover art of the episode what it's going to be. Oh, um, really quick, because I also just need to go to bed. But I, I don't, I, maybe you can send it to me, but this picture of Leia and Jin being in the same room, like the opposite sides of the thing mm-hmm. and they're all tiny is my favorite photo that is in my head, but I can't ever find. Uh, it's in the Rogue One comic adaptation. I think I have it on the app. It's very good. It. And I think it's hilarious because they're just tiny. Yeah. And they just look. They're just they like just... watching their dads argue. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I loved it. Good time. I like Jin's interaction. It Semi not interaction with other like important kids. Mm-hmm. What is it? Yeah. No, that's good times. Yes. Uh, tiny Jin. In mm-hmm. tiny gin in random places, <laughs> like that yeah. Twitter account that like photoshops Paddington Bear into like every movie. <laughs> There's like somewhere we just need one that's like baby gin everywhere. Yeah, you know, like little Leia's getting rescued by Kenobi, and somewhere baby gin's just like, hey, <laughs> yeah, you know, yes, good times. <laughs> like Dayu, like and and the gloves, and then there's like a baby gin just like gloves. All right. Uh, I'm ending the podcast. The podcast is over. Goodbye. See you guys next time on the Rogue Rebels podcast. Go watch Cassian. Go watch Rogue One again. Go watch Rogue One. If you haven't watched Rogue One again, get in the mood. Get in the end. I'm I'm hyped for Andor, and I'm legit ready to go. And go make some chilaquiles. Look up a recipe and make up make chilaquiles. Show us your chilaquiles. Three episode premiere. Chilaquiles. Chilaquiles. Have three different sauces for your chilaquiles. Show us your best chilaquiles. Green, red, and another. We don't discriminate any any color sauce. <laughs>